Woodside Bible Church, we gather each week to pursue God by studying His Word together. This Christmas season, we invite you to look deeper into the incredible covenants God made with His people in Scripture. Tune into our current series, Gift Wrapped, From Longing to Lavish, to discover God's unwavering promises to meet the ultimate longings of our heart and ultimately renew our hope with the brilliant truth of the gospel. Praise, right? No matter what's happened this year in 2020, man, I'm looking forward to 2021, but no matter what, in 2020, we have so much to praise God for, even still in the midst of all that is happening. Thanks so much, Ryan. Man, was this morning beautiful just to sing acoustically, hear voices? Isn't that great? I love hearing your voices. I know many of you maybe think that you don't have a great voice, but you do. That's why I love the Bible says make a joyful noise. It doesn't have to be legend. just could be whatever. It could be a noise. Hopefully uh, you feel like you can at least make a noise before the Lord today. If you would turn to uh, Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5 this morning. I'll open my notes here. And uh, I want to spend a few moments with you, if you're okay. Excuse me, Luke chapter 5, um, with me this morning. And um, I'm looking forward to uh, being able to share a little bit with you um, this morning with what God has laid on my heart. And I, I messed up again. It actually is Mark chapter 5. It's not Luke chapter 5. We're going back and forth, just trying to keep you on your toes this morning. But um, there is not going to be any uh, scripture on the screen. There's no main points or big idea we're going to have on the screen. There's no notes that you were giving uh, as you walked in. And I wanted that to be on purpose. If you're joining us online, uh, the same. So take some time, grab your Bible for a moment, uh, grab your tablet, whatever it is. I want to ask you this morning with us just to be present. To be present. And many times I feel as though when we have things on the screen and we have all the, the scripture up there so you can just glance up and in the meantime we can be on our cell phones, on Twitter or whatever else, many times it robs us from being just fully present. And uh, I don't know, uh, I've been looking at a, a number of passages. This is a Sunday where we as the campus pastor get to choose whatever we want to preach on. And um, as I was praying and thinking through this and looking at this, I, I just want to share what God has laid on my heart for 2021. For me personally, maybe not even necessarily for you as the church, but for me, this is what God, one of the things that God has laid on my heart for going into this next year, I want to share with you that maybe in some way what God has laid on my heart will impact what God has, uh, is going to lay on your heart for 2021 as we come to the year end. I do a lot of evaluation many times. I just sit and think about the year, what has life been like, and I walk through many different things. Uh, oftentimes I walk through uh, different areas of my life. How am I doing spiritually, emotionally, physically, relationally, financially, all of these different things, and just begin to evaluate, like, how did I do in 2020? I've shared this with you guys before. And then I look at the next year and say, man, this is where I want to be in, in my relationships. This is where I want to be spiritually. This is where I want to be financially. This is where I want to be in all of these different areas. If you don't do that, please do that. You'll never get better at what you don't measure. Like, you'll never get better at it. And what you measure, you will evaluate and you'll put priority on. And uh, we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But it's interesting. Um, this year, um, when you talk about being present, it's been an interesting year, whereas people have not been able to be fully present with one another, right? I mean, there's people online right now that are watching that are unable to be with us here in the room and be present with us because of their own situations in life. 
health conditions, right? There's many people, even some of my own family, were one unable to be with us during the holidays, during Christmas, during Thanksgiving, because of all that's going on. They were unable to be fully present with one another. And man, there's a lot of different people, people watching online, or you, you could probably go through a lot of different scenarios where you weren't able to be present. Our, our kids weren't able to be present in school, depending on where they went to school, or they weren't able to, you weren't able to be present in your small group, and we've been doing them online. And there's a lot of different things that have inhibited us to be fully present with one another. But here's the deal. As I was evaluating, as I was thinking, as I was just praying and asking the Lord to lay things on my own heart for my own life, I think we have a presence issue even before COVID-19. I think there's a major issue that we don't do very good at being fully present. And one of the words that the Lord just laid on my heart and just said in, in not an audible way, but just in, implemented into my heart and my life as I was praying and thinking is just presence. For 2021, I want your word to be, one of your words to be presence. That in every situation, every moment, every conversation, every game with my kids, every prayer time, every meeting when we're sitting on our cell phones and not engaged in the meeting, every church service, when Jim gets a little bit boring, so I go onto Instagram and see what's going on, every Bible reading, every prayer time, that I'm fully in and present to the moment. Because um, I feel as though even during the last year, while we've had more time at home and being present with our family, we've still been super distracted and not engaged in the moment of everyday life that God has given us. And so today, maybe that's true for you. Maybe it's not. Maybe you're super good at being super present in the moment. Well, maybe hopefully today you can just be encouraged a little bit from some scriptures on Jesus' life. And so I want to look today at just a couple of passages and see how Jesus was always fully present with the people around him and with God, his father, in every moment and see how it might impact our relationship with other people and our relationship with our heavenly father. I've shared this with you a number of different times before, but many times I I look at God in a way that many times we don't as people, as followers of Jesus, where we look at the words of Jesus, we love the word of God, and we look at that, we study that, and we see that, right? And then we love the works of God, we love the works of Jesus, and and without that we would be lost, right? Without the works of what Jesus did on the cross. But many times, the area that I'm trying to more and more in my life pour into my life is the ways of Jesus, Not just the words of Jesus, not just the works of Jesus, but the ways with which Jesus did life, the ways in which Jesus carried himself, the ways with which Jesus lived every single day. Why? Is Jesus our example? You can totally talk in church. It's cool. Is Jesus our example? This is a freebie. Like in kids' ministry, they're like, Jesus, yes, right? Jesus is our example, right? He was literally given, as he lived his life, he was giving us an example to live by. Hebrews 1.3 says, he is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. Whose? God the Father's. Right? So Jesus is the exact imprint of the Father as he conducted himself walking through everyday life as we have all of the Gospels to see how Jesus lived his life. He is the exact imprint of the nature of God. So... Here's a quick thing. Man, you want to know what it looks like to live the Christian life? Look to Jesus. 
Look at the way that Jesus lived his life. That is how we are called to live a Christian life. We want to know how, uh, what it looks like for us, what God expects of us to love others. Look at Jesus. We want to know what it looks like or how God expects us to live in relationship with people that are far from God. Look to Jesus. We want to know what it looks like to deal with politics. Look to Jesus. We want to know how we are supposed to conduct ourselves when we deal with money. Look to Jesus. If we want to know what it looks like to have a relationship with the Father, lick, or look to Jesus. You get, what I'm, you get what I'm saying? Is that Jesus is our example of every single day life. So when we look at this, I want us to see how Jesus was fully present in the moment with people. As he gives his life as an example, amongst other things, and if he does, whatever he does, I want to follow in his footsteps and follow in that way. So when it comes to looking at Jesus and being present, I want to look at two different passages of scriptures and see how Jesus was fully present in the moment with people. And then also another passage where Jesus is fully present with his Father. Just examples. There's many, 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 many other ones. And so again, there's going to be nothing on the screen for those of you online. Turn in your Bible. Uh, I know it's old. We don't do that very much these days. Look on your iPod. Look at your iPad or whatever it may be. As we are going to be in Mark chapter 5, if you look with me, Mark chapter 5 and verse 21. So I want to read this quick story for you. Uh, this is an amazing, powerful story of Jesus dealing with um, a man and his daughter, which won't fully land there, but also with a woman who's had an issue for about 12 years. So I'm going to read it together. Mark chapter 5 and verse 21. It says this, And when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a, a great crowd gathered about him, and he was beside the sea. And then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and seeing him, he fell to his feet and implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come, lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. And he went with him. And a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no longer was no better, excuse me, but rather grew worse. She had heard reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus perceiving in himself that power had gone out of him, that's super interesting, that power had gone out of him, immediately turned about the crowd and said, who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd passing around you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Now, the, the longer story is that Jesus goes on after this to go on to heal uh, Jairus' daughter. But Jairus' daughter, he waited so long that Jairus' daughter, uh, the ruler of the synagogue, actually ended up dying. And he had to go there and revive her literally back to life. Now, you say, man, Jim, why do you share that story? It's interesting. So, let's just start. Jairus 
is a ruler of the synagogue. Literally, it could be called a president of the synagogue. And he was there as a responsibility of, of caring for the synagogue. I mean, this is a super important guy. And evidently, he's heard about who Jesus is and what he can do. And he says, man, I need you to come. My daughter is sick, and I need you to lay your hands on her and heal her. I believe and I know that you can heal my daughter. And so it says that Jesus is going as often as the case. There's a big crowd that's following him that's all around him. And it says that there's this woman in the midst of the crowd who's had an issue of blood for about 12 years. Now, this is just side note. Look at it here later. It's interesting how the scriptures does, does this. Um, the young daughter was how old? 12. The issue of blood was how long? 12. Jesus takes care of both of them. It's fascinating how the scriptures tie these things together. But anyways, here he is, and he's walking through this crowd. There's this woman who's had an issue of blood, and she's been unable. She's outside of herself. She's unable to care for herself, deal with it, overcome her circumstances, and there's nothing that she can do. And in faith, she comes to Jesus in a crowd of people and just touches his garment, thinking, man, if I could just touch Jesus, he will heal me. And immediately, she's healed. And I love how it says that the scriptures say that Jesus immediately stops as though he says, I feel like power has gone out of me. And he knows something significant has happened. And I'll just, this is a side note, it's free. Man, when you come to Jesus, there's a big difference from the other crowd of people that are just walking with Jesus and wanting to be around Jesus. There's difference when we come to Jesus in faith, believing what he can do that changes their circumstances. And so this woman touches Jesus, and Jesus is like, what happened? Who touched me? And I love it. In another, another one of the Gospels, it says, Peter, the disciples pull him aside and said, hey, Jesus, I don't know if you're losing it or not, but there's, there's literally hundreds of people around you, and there's lots of people touching you. I'm not sure what you're talking about. What do you mean? And Jesus is like, no, no, something different has happened. And he says, go. Your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. Your faith about the situation, believing in who I am, has changed the circumstances. Now, this is a fascinating passage. Read it for yourself. Sometimes, just before this, Jesus heals a man with demons. Then he goes on to heal this woman with disease. And then he goes on and he raises Darius' daughter from death. And it shows the power of Jesus, that he has all of the power over the devil, over disease, and death. And no matter what happens in our lives, this is a beautiful picture of Christ and the power he has in every aspect of our lives. But you're still thinking, like, Jim, why are you talking about this? Talk about being fully present. So imagine now for me, Jesus in our day. Jesus is going about, he's heard about someone who needs to be healed, and he's on his way. He's got his smartphone. He's looking at his calendar. He's running through the crowd of people to get to the next appointment, looking at his iPhone, checking Twitter, liking photos on Instagram, sending emails. All the while, Peter and his disciples are telling Jesus to hurry up because he has to make it to his next thing. And when someone touches him, he doesn't have time to stop. I wonder how many of us in this moment, with the weird Jesus, as we're walking through life, stop on our way to an emergency to be present in another emergency. Jesus is on his way, and his daughter is sick. Jesus' daughter is sick, and he says, man, I need you to come. And he's on his way, and he's like, man, i got to get there to be present there for this man. And on the way, he's stopped by another emergency that's happening in someone else's life. It's fascinating. He's never overwhelmed by the circumstances of life that are going around him. He's always present in the moment with the people that are present in his life. I wonder if you and I can relate with that. I wonder if you and I can relate 
to the situation that maybe many times I find myself in. You're at one thing, preparing for the next thing, all the while thinking about another thing and still being at the thing you're presently at. I mean, literally, we're at one thing, preparing for another thing, even though another thing's happening, all the while we're at this thing. And rarely are we fully present, engaged in the moment with the people around us. I shared this last time, I talked about a little bit some things like this, that I, I, have, um, I have trouble being present in the moment, I just do. And I shared with some people, and I actually had a couple conversations with people, they said, I appreciate you saying that because it always kind of bothered me. Um, sometimes I have, I have even moments, and I'm not making light of this at all, um, almost like an ADD type of I can't focus on a certain thing. Even when I'm studying for messages, I get up and I walk around, do a lap around the church, and then I sit back down and try to work again for 15 minutes, and I get up and walk around. Even after the service, and please don't catch me now this, and just even when we're downstairs after the service, if you're having a conversation with me, oftentimes I get very distracted and I start looking around the room as people walk by. I literally have to tell myself in my mind, Jim, focus on their face. They're talking to you. And I say that to be real with you. That's really what happens in my own mind. And I apologize to you. If I've ever been distracted and looked around, you're like, man, this guy wants nothing to do with what I'm saying. It's not true. It's just who I am. I'm just all over the place. And I struggle to be present in the moment. I don't know about you, but I do. Even my daughters recently have, I've tried to do better at this, even around Christmas. They're like, dad, you've been on your phone the entire time since you've been home. And those are the worst when your kids actually tell you because you're not actually present with them in the moment. And it's amazing when you look at Jesus and his life, and we try to model our lives after it, in the season of lack of presence with other people, what does it look like for you in the next year, in 2021, to be fully present with those people that are around you? Fully present. Man, what kind of impact could you make in the world around you to be fully present in every situation with every person that you interact with every day? Just take for a moment for your kids. To be fully present with your children. Maybe you don't have kids at this moment or you do having young ones. Man, what does it look like for you to be fully present as you play with them and you're reading or praying with them, having conversations with them, impactful moments? I was just having a conversation with someone yesterday that we're living in unforeseen times and our kids are walking through things that maybe you didn't in your own life and you cannot just leave your kids up to hoping that Matt Zellers and student ministry leaders are going to disciple them and hope one day they're going to be like, yeah, I love Jesus. I want to follow him with my life because I didn't see my parents interacting with me spiritually and leading me in that way. Man, more than any other time, we need to be fully present with our children spiritually and in their lives and getting down on all fours and playing with them, reading with them. What does it look like you to be fully present with your spouse in 2021? Making time for them. Date nights, being focused with them. Focused times spiritually together. To struggle with a lot of people and a lot of marriages. A lot of people. What does it look like to be fully present at work, giving people time, being present in the moment? What does it look like for you to be fully present in church? Man, I, I, I did online worship for about uh, three or four months as we were quarantined at home, and it's super hard. Those of you who are online right now, I'm praying for you because it's super hard when you're sitting in your living room and a kid runs by or throws something across the room or whatever happens to be fully present and engaged online while you're going to church, but it can be done. 
in the day and age where we have a little rectangular device, it's super hard for us to be fully present in this place. Because someone's texting someone, or you're looking at Instagram, or notifications are going up on your phone, and rarely can we just be present in the moment. And allow God to speak in this place to you through worship, through song, through reading, through the prophetic reading of God's word, or the world. I wonder what it looks like in 2021 for you to be fully present with the people around you in the world. How many of you can, can, can resonate with what I've experienced many times as you're driving down the road, someone's on the side of the road, and you just feel like God's telling you, pull over and help this person. You're like, ah, I'm really busy. God will understand. It's fine. They probably have AAA. It's totally cool. And that's just one example. So many different moments where we're such in a hurry when God gives us holy moments to engage and step in with the world around us. We're so distracted, hurried, and, and just all over the place that we can't be fully present in the moment because we're off to get to the next thing like Jerry is his daughter. Not in the moment where God says, hey, I have a moment here. Because here's the thing. When you look at Jesus' life, every person, every person, person he came in contact was there for a God-ordained reason that he could be fully present with them. Can I tell you, the same thing is true with you. Every person you come in contact with, whether it's in Starbucks or the restaurant work you work with or your coworker or the person who was placed next to you in the cubicle or the neighbor you have or whatever it may be, every person in your life was God-ordained for you to have holy moments of impact in their life. But man, if we're just honest, many times, we're just all over the place, too distracted, too engaged in something else, too much in a hurry to stop, take a moment, and be engaged, to be present. Because God has something great he wants to do in your life through the life of other people and in the life of other people, whether that's your kids, your spouse, your small group, people in the church that need you, your neighbor or someone else, God has great moments that he wants you to impact other people's lives in 2021. Well, not only that, if you look just a couple chapters before this, Jesus in another moment in chapter one of Mark has another moment. So if you read with me in chapter one and verse 29, Jesus here at the very beginning of his ministry, look there with me, Mark chapter 1 and verse 29, how Jesus is fully present with his father. He says, and immediately he left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew and James, with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever and immediately they told him about her. And he came and took her by the hand and he lifted her up and the fever left her. And she began to serve them. So Jesus here just gets done uh, teaching in the synagogue. He heals a man with an unclean spirit just before this. He leaves. He enters into Peter's home. Peter's mother-in-law is there. She's sick. They say, hey, you need to come and, 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 and heal Peter's uh, mother-in-law. He grabs her by the hand. Fever leaves her, and she begins to serve them. Well, let's read on in verse 32. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick and oppressed by demons. So they've already seen him, and he, this guy just cast out demons. He healed Peter's mother-in-law. They begin to bring these people to him. And in verse 33, and the whole city, now that's a lot of people. Imagine if the whole city of Lake Orion is just here, 
trying to hear from the, whoever's speaking on the platform, just be a part of what's happening here. The whole city was gathered together at the door, and he healed many who were sick with various disease and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. So now they're bringing all the sick and the oppressed to him. And eventually, I mean, literally the entire city, I don't know how many people that is, but it's probably a lot. They're all gathered at the door to hear Jesus and see Jesus. So at, at the end of the day, just layman's term, Jesus' ministry is exploding. I mean, revival's happening. So many people are being healed. So many people want to hear the message of Jesus. The people are standing at the doors. The whole city is there. Man, they want to, maybe for the wrong reasons or the right reasons, want to hear Jesus and want to see Jesus do signs and wonders and hear his teaching because he's teaching with authority. And all these people are just gathered around the house. Now, I find it fascinating. Just a quick side note. It says he healed many and cast out many demons. Not everyone. But even back then, as many people walk through sickness and overcome things in life, in some scenarios, God doesn't always heal every situation. He doesn't always fix every situation. He says that he heals many, and he, he, he casts out demons from many. Now, let's just pause for a moment. This is the scenario, man. Everything's going amazing. Jesus is killing it with ministry. It's overwhelming. Any pastor at this moment is like, dude, we got to monetize this. We got to keep moving forward. The church is exploding. This is awesome. And the spirit is moving. It's unbelievable. Now let's read in verse 35. And rising early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place. And there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. And they found him and said to him, Everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, Let us go on to the next town, that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. Fascinating. Ministry is exploding. People are everywhere want to hear from Jesus. And Jesus is like, Let's just go to the next place. He's never overwhelmed by the circumstances around him. But yet, even as he's been healing people probably all night, late into the night, dealing with people. I don't know about you, but when you have too much people time, it can be draining, right? Is there anyone else out there? I'm like the biggest people person in the world, but it doesn't matter. If you don't get some downtime, you will break. And so Jesus, even here, he's healing people. He's preaching. He's helping people. Probably late into the night, all afternoon, he just got done teaching in the synagogue. Goes right from ministry to ministry to ministry to ministry. But he still made time to rise very early, it says, in the morning to spend time and be present with his heavenly father. In the midst of revival, even when he's probably super tired, there's probably more work to be done. There's another thing to get. He still was present with his heavenly father in prayer. 
I wonder how many people, man, just feel that, like there's always something else to do. There's more people that want your time. Man, there's more stuff to be done. People are looking for you. They're emailing you. They're texting you. They're all over the place. You feel tired and overwhelmed by the work that you're doing and the family you're supporting and engaged in and all of the other things. Meanwhile, the church is asking you to serve, do a few other things, and all of this. And many times we sit back and we're like, God, I'm too overwhelmed. I don't have time to be with you. I can't have any more energy. I don't know how to get up earlier. God, I don't know what it looks like for me to spend time and be present with you because there's so many other things trying to find my time. That I'm so present in so many other areas. God, I don't know if I can be present with you. You see, Jesus never overwhelmed or too overwhelmed by his circumstances that he could not be present with the priority of being present, fully present with his father if you ever want to read through the Gospel of Luke and read how many times Jesus retreats to a desolate place to be present with his Father, it's a fun thing just to find all of the different places where he's fully present. You see, here's the thing. The devil rarely displays himself as the devil with a pitchfork. You realize that, right? The devil rarely displays himself like the devil we see on movies and the screen and a pitchfork. No, he displays himself and he disguises himself in many other ways, many other things, in busyness and accomplishment and striving and emails and text messages and social media and Netflix and all of the things that gobble up our time every single day so that if he can, man, Jim, if I could just distract you some more with, with Instagram and with emails and doing this and striving for that and all these other things that many times we don't have time or energy or space for the presence of God because the, the devil has stolen secretly in a very small way that doesn't look bad our very energy and presence and time so I ask you what does it look like for you in 2021 to be present not only with people be present with your heavenly father Daily, weekly, monthly. What time do you need to get up so that you can be present with God before your day starts? Or should I ask a different question? What time do you need to go to bed so that you can get up to be present with your Heavenly Father the next morning? If you're not a morning person, what's your plan? Is it lunchtime? Is it evening where you get to retreat and be with your Heavenly Father? What are you going to read? What's your planned time with Him? What does it look like? So you don't go into the moment and you're like, ah, what do I do? Like, Jesus, speak to me. And you're just waiting for the, ah, Jesus floats down and he speaks a message to you. And you're like, I feel so good. What's your plan? What are you going to do? What does it look like? What are you going to pray about? What's that 30 minutes going to be mapped out like? What's your plan to be present with God? And are you prepared for the holy interruptions that God makes for you throughout the days as you walk with him? Because like Jesus, and so many things are gobbling for our time in the world we live in. And many times we are not making space to be fully present with God. Because fully present isn't just going away, okay, I'm going to read my Bible for 15 minutes. Presence also means that we're fully present with God like Jesus was and all the others we read about in the scriptures. Being present, even praying or telling God hard things. Like fully present is like, God, I'm really struggling today and I don't want to spend time with you. But I'm here because I want to be with you, but I don't want to be with you. 
fully present is like what Jesus does in the Garden of Gethsemane. God, I'm super overwhelmed. If there's another way, can we do it that way? But if not, let your will be done. Fully present means laying myself bare before the Lord and saying, man, this, this month, God, this year has been super tough. And I just want to be fully present with you and fully open with you and acknowledge it for the first time because I feel like I couldn't say this to you before, God. But I want to let you know that this is where I'm at. And God, would you meet me in this place where I am today? Maybe just a, a point of, uh, of first step leaving this place today is you leaving and doing some evaluation as to where you were in 2020 and asking the Lord, praying, saying, Lord, show me, search me, see if there's any wicked way in me, lead me, guide and direct me, God, what it looks like for me in the next year that I could be fully present with you. My heart is that what the Lord has been laying on my heart will impact your heart and your life, that as we walk into 2021, while we may still not be able to be fully present in every place and space, we can be in our own way, in our own, uh, our own elements, to the best of our ability, be fully present with all of the people God has ordained and placed in our lives for his kingdom and for his glory. And also that we would have time and we would make space to be fully present with our Heavenly Father, no matter how much is going on, what's going on. What does that look like for you in the next year as we just have a couple of days to 2021 starts? Thank you for joining us as we study God's Word together. We would love to hear how God is moving in your heart and get you connected into the Woodside Bible Church family. Head over to woodsidebible.org connect to introduce yourself to us today.